If you've ever found yourself caught up in the hustle and grind, then this episode is for you. My guest today is a high-performance coach that teaches the only real metric of success is that found from doing the inner work. Ashley Reed was on the path of massive accomplishment, rising in the ranks of the likes of Amazon, the NBA, Johnson & Johnson, Adidas, and many more name brands just like those. She was living a fast-paced life that included lots of praise and validation, money and fancy titles, and ultimately, Ashley found herself in a total state of burnout. The hustle and grind caught up with her, and as you'll hear in our conversation, it very literally almost cost her her life. She was literally within 24 hours of dying, but believe it or not, that was not even her wake-up call. The grind continued. So what took Ashley from riding the wave of massive success to walking away from it all and going on a journey of true transformation? That's what it's called. It's called inner work. It's not sexy. It's hard as hell. But as we talk about very openly in this conversation, it's really the only work that truly leads to transformational freedom. I know in our fast-paced social media-influenced world, Many people are on that hamster wheel trying to just do it all. And burnout is the next buzzword I'm convinced that we will be hearing so much about because inside of companies and inside of households, people are absolutely frayed. And so that's why I wanted to have Ashley on the show and have her come and share her story. I felt this conversation was so timely. So today, our focus is to get you off that hamster wheel if you're on it and to help you reduce the need to hustle and grind because it's a false sense of security and really help you find the inner peace that you deserve. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 Lightbeamers and Inside Story podcast listeners. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm excited to introduce you today to my guest, Ashley Reed. Um, I am your host today, April. Well, I'm I'm your host every day. Well, at least every week for the podcast, but I am your host, (laughs) April Adams Pertwee. Super excited to be here today, um, bringing you another really exciting story of one woman's journey of really truly finding herself and being able to to help others do the same. Uh, my guest, Ashley Reed. Welcome, Ashley. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Very excited to be here. You know, it's funny when 
Well, it's not funny because this is actually how life works. But when you and I first met each other, um, so a mutual friend had referred, you know, you over to me and, and we did a little story session and kind of dug into your story. You were at a place in your life where you were trying to get clarity, right? Like mm -hmm. get clarity about what was your next step. And you had these passions and you had this background and you had done some really kick-ass work in the corporate world and you were trying to transition and, uh, you know, digging into coaching more, but there was this kind of this lingering question of like, there's probably something hidden in my story that I haven't been able to figure out yet, which is what led you to me. We did this really powerful story session that you were, you know, I know you were super appreciative. You've told me many times that that was something that was really helpful. But what I want to dig into is like, I always talk about the dot, 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 you know, <laughs> then it's like, then what happened? So you and I have sort of, you know, been circling, but I hadn't been paying attention to what you were doing and you and I hadn't talked in a while. And when you and I reconnected, it was like this whole new version of Ashley had shown up and had evolved. And I thought that's where we would take our conversation today, because when we talk about storytelling, I want people to understand that it is a journey, you know, it's a journey. And a lot of times if you aren't sure about what your next steps are, or you're feeling stuck, or you have lack of clarity, which I know so many women have times in their life where they feel that my answer to them is the clues are hidden in your story. Hmm. Let's dig into your story and you will find clarity. You will find purpose, you will find the reason for it all. So let's start back at that beginning when you and I met um, and where you were then. And then I would love to kind of get that inside story scoop on how that has evolved for you to become this transformational coach, helping others navigate their own massive transformation in life. Yeah, definitely. And what a great intro. Thank you. Is a good recap of everything that was going yeah. on and is going on. Um, you know, when we first started working together, I think that you phrased it perfectly. I just couldn't really figure out what to do with my story. And I didn't even know if I was fully owning all of my story. And so mm -hmm. I was looking for that clarity around positioning myself, to be honest. I was thinking very much so from a, a marketing mind of how do I write my story for people to see? But as you know, in working with you, it goes so much deeper than that, that I actually wrote my story for me to see. And I think one of the most powerful things in that for me was really owning my power understanding how powerful I am, seeing all of the things that I had accomplished on paper. It's very tough to see ourselves and our accomplishments for what they are. So yeah, that was a, it was a perfect starting place for me of really stepping into, um, you know, my coaching role and my story overall. Well, I know at the time when we spoke, you had this vision because you yourself are a, a very high performer you know, very accomplished, a go-getter, high achiever, big vision, big goals. Um, and at the time it was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to be the high performance coach. I want to like help other people with their performance level, be the high achiever, be the high performer. So how did you go from that place, which is not a bad place to start because no, not it's very all. connected to who you are. It makes so much sense. <laughs> but so much unfolded since then that I don't even know about. So. Um, what started to unfold from for you that led you on a journey of pure transformation 
I'd love to hear about that for, for your personal experience because you were you were you were living a good life. You were I doing was. some really great work. You were on a journey to go and help people in a really profound way, but then the story just sent kind of went a little bit in a different direction. So tell me more about that. Yeah, it did. And you know what? It went in my direction. I was living a great life, but it wasn't my life. You know what I mean? I had built a lot of success in my corporate career. I also have a real estate business. I invest in cryptocurrency. So I had built a lot of success and I was still in that place where I was very head heavy and I was like, okay, if I'm going to coach, I'm going to coach high performers and I'm going to help them jump higher and run faster. And that sounds great. And what happened was I had some space. And when I took some space, I took the space, actually, I, I had a really severe version of burnout where I almost passed away and that created initial space. And then as I was healing, I had more space and I started to be able to hear myself. And I was getting these messages of rest and turn your focus or turn your, um, excuse me, focus inward. And I didn't really know what that second part meant at the time, but that was my intro into deeper inner work. So I started working with a coach in the transformational field and really just diving deep into myself, not into my head, but into who am I? Who am I without these labels? Who am I without my corporate success? What makes me happy? What do I want? And I found that work so deeply profound and life-changing that I shifted gears and I now still work with high performers, but I take them on a deeper journey. And what I love about it is the result is the same. But instead of just fighting with your ego and using mind tricks to get you there, you, you change the source. You solve for that source and you come back to this place of center. And so then you naturally run faster and jump higher, but without the burnout, without the fight and internal conflict. So it's a cool, I, I came to the same or a similar result, very different path, like you mentioned. So before Ashley, when you were more in that headspace and it was more about, you know, the high achievement, the go, 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 the success. Um, and like you even said, referencing it being kind of more in a space of your ego, what did that look like versus when the change started to occur? How did, what were some tangible ways that your, your performance level changed or the way that you approached your work changed? or how you built in boundaries for yourself. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think there were so many changes. The way that I like to phrase it is I stopped swimming upstream. Yeah. You know, so what happened was I I just, I cleared the clutter. Like when I'm talking to clients, I'll often say, imagine if you're trying to look through a really dirty window and you can only see what that filter will let you see. Your ego is that dirty window. <laughs> you know, it's a harsh analogy, but it's true. We get so cluttered with everything that we've learned and the limiting beliefs we're carrying and these assigned meanings we feel like we have to live into. And so for me, it was just kind of stripping all of that down and deciding, okay, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to integrate who I am now into my work? And it just, yeah, it just really changed things for me. It, um, I think I, it's not swimming upstream anymore. It's, I'm not fighting myself. You know, it's kind of like walking around with a low grade fever when you're still living in your ego because you have your true self and your ego kind of battling for control. And so there's this ongoing fight that you might not have awareness around, but you definitely feel the drain from. And so what happened is I released a lot of that ego control and came back to who I was. Then of course I could run faster because I was energized and I was running in a direction that my true self wanted to go, not my ego wanted to go. So you just kind of eliminate the polarities and really settle the internal conflict. 
and everything just comes easier. Don't get me wrong, I'm human. This process is very nonlinear. So that, trust me, you know, you're always deepening and changing, but overall, that's the biggest change, I think. Well, you said something really big earlier that I don't want to gloss over, which was you had a real, real experience with burnout and that you, you've almost died. I did. Yeah. What, what so many people are dealing with that now. My husband actually just developed this entire training on burnout and he's taking it into corporations. So we've been talking a lot about this in our house with burnout because um, I think it happens too in the entrepreneur space because there's no regulation, right? There's no one to regulate us. We just go and definitely in, in like your audience of those high performers, high achievers, because we do have these big visions, you know, and it is very easy to just fall into that trap of go, 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 perform, perform, hustle, hustle, make things hard. Like, you know, in the quest of whatever that proverbial thing is out in the distance that you're trying to achieve. And we miss cues along the way that we're actually sabotaging ourselves. We're actually going in the wrong direction, even though we think we're going in the direction of, of the achievement that we're trying to have. And then inside the corporate world, and you come from that background, you've, you've worked in both, you, you are now your own business owner, but you've also come from this and you work for big companies. I mean, you worked in like Amazon and some other like really big name companies. So, you know, there were pressures inside those companies to, I'm sure, meet needs and demands and deadlines and goals and all of that. And it happens inside companies too, because sometimes even managers and leaders don't even recognize what they're doing to their people or what they're requiring of their people. And then the people themselves don't actually speak up and say, this is unrealistic. I cannot work 80 hours a week and still maintain a marriage and be a mom and a dad. And the things that I need, to, I need to go work out. I need to have time for me. They don't, they don't speak up and say those things. So for you, can you lead us up to like, how was burnout unfolding for you and how, what, what do you mean you almost died? Yeah. I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a, it's intense to think about, and you said everything so well about burnout. It's scary how accepted the burnout culture has become. Mm -hmm. I can speak mm -hmm. mostly on the burnout side from the corporate standpoint and my entrepreneur life. I have. I have restructured everything so that I never get to that place again. Yeah. Um, but within corporate, you know, there is this pressure that you alluded to where in the end there's a bottom line. I get the challenge and the dynamic because you want to consider the human part of the equation, but you have these goals and these bottom lines that you have to pay attention to and are responsible for. And it can be really challenging to find that balance in between the two. And I think what happens a lot of times in very driven companies is the human part just goes out the window a little bit. You have to get something done and then you have to get the next thing done. And so I started to see not only was it accepted in some cultures I worked in, it was almost like a badge of honor where people badge would, of honor. yeah, yes. they would brag about not taking vacation days. You know, I haven't taken a vacation in, you know, three years and it was like something to be proud of. And I feel lucky that I knew I didn't fit for a long time. I started building my businesses about six years, you know, before I left to try to get out. So a lot of times while I was in it, I was watching it. And I think that was the scariest part for me where our ego starts to take so much control that we take running ourselves to the ground and achieving and, and all of these things that come with burnout as an accomplishment rather than thinking about our health and well-being as the biggest accomplishment we can have in life. So that was my biggest experience in that space. It's challenging and it's challenging to speak up. And a lot of times you don't know you need to speak up 
Um, so I, I'm not saying that specifically for me, luckily, but you don't always have awareness in the moment. Even though I had awareness around how challenging some of my cultures were that I was in, and I was in some very challenging ones, when I got out of it and I had space, I was like, holy, you know what? <laughs> that was even more challenging, you know, than I realized because you just, you acclimate and you adjust and your version of normal shifts. So for me, that just hit a, a, an unfortunate climax a week before I was supposed to leave Amazon. That was my last corporate role. I was head of global events for Amazon advertising. And a week before my last day where I was saying goodbye to this 18-year corporate career, my body shut down. It couldn't take it anymore. I got um, this version of rap, uh, sorry, this version of burnout called rapto. And it's where your muscles actually um, explode and they release toxins into your body. And if you don't make it to a hospital within about 24 hours, you die from kidney failure. So mine, you know, it wasn't just corporate for me. I don't want to blame that culture. And either way, I was a, you know, willing participant in it. But I was also building the other businesses. I was, you know, had jet lag all the time because I was traveling a lot internationally. So it, yeah, it was a culmination, but it catches up with you. And I think, you know, you alluded to this as well. Our our body is always trying to communicate with us, but we get Mm -hmm. so busy and overloaded that we don't hear those messages until it's screaming. And I heard this, I I believe it's a quote, so this is not me. Um, I don't know who it's by if it is, but if you don't listen to the whispers, you'll hear the screams. Mm -hmm. And I got chills when I read that because I know moments where my body was telling me, slow down. But in my mind, I was like, okay, but if I slow down, the finish line moves out. Let's just keep going. And it eventually had to scream at me to get me to stop. So Ashley, when you had that experience, was was that like your transformational moment when you're like, holy cow, something has to change. I mean, I would think that's a pretty big wake up. You know what I love? It wasn't. And that is the message I I try (laughs) to speak about so often. It was something that happened a week before I had already worked six years to know I wanted to leave and I wanted a different life and I wanted my values to be more front and center in my life. And so it's kind of funny. I think there's a, a normal assumption like, you know, I had that near-death experience and I woke up and wanted to change everything. What was really interesting for me is I decided I wanted to change everything and then I had the near-death experience because I just pushed myself too hard getting there. But what it did do for me is I remember laying in the hospital and I was talking to my mom and I said, you know, I feel like a marathon runner that has fallen a, a foot before a finish line. You know, it was really taxing. And then I paused for a minute and I was like, wow, how grateful am I that I did not need that moment? because I see so many people waiting for this extreme moment to wake up, but I was very lucky that I came out of the other side of that. We don't always know if we're going to. So I think it's important to listen to those whispers, to create that connection with your your true self and your intuition and your body so that you don't have to get to that extreme moment because it's very dangerous to wait until then to start to make change. Yeah, because I mean, to your point, you don't know if you're gonna get to the other side of that. You don't know if you're gonna make it out alive. You had a real moment where that could have looked very different, you know, or you could have had lasting damage, even if you had, you know, survived it, but still had lasting damage. Um, What was it like for you then? I know even after we did our story session, what was it about that, that digging into your story? And like you said, there was a piece of you that needed to own it, like to own your brilliance and own your story. 
that allowed you to then dig deeper into the transformation that you really, really required, right? Like that was a two-pronged thing. It was this experience with burnout, this transition in your life to move from the corporate world into all your entrepreneurial dreams and also recognizing that there was deeper work to do. Take us through that, that experience of digging into that deeper work. Yeah, and I think... What was it for you that you were missing? I think what I just started to realize when I created space, I'm such a huge proponent of space because I always say our consciousness knows how to heal us just like our body knows how to heal a cut. We just have to give it the space and support it needs to do it. And so for me, it was really about taking space and even doing the work that we did together on the story. It was, it was the perfect um, stepping stone and part of this work for me where I, I actually looked at and dove deep into what I had experienced in life. I healed when I did that. You know, I, I saw myself from the outside and I could see the power in who I am and my story. And so my inner work just continued in that fashion where I just got to know myself again. And I think the biggest gift out of all of it was this unconditional love I have for myself that has nothing to do with what I look like or what I accomplish or anything at all. I just love myself as a human and I'm so proud of myself. And what stems off of that is, you know, is crazy in terms of you no longer have judgment because if you're not judging yourself, you're not judging other people. Our inner and outer worlds are very mirroring and what we're, putting on other people is usually a reflection of what we're experiencing internally. And so if you take the time to do this inner work and reconnect with yourself and heal, and you no longer have judgment, then you no longer judge others. So I have a, you know, a different lens. I see the world and people through as well as myself. And it's just been a really wonderful, I call it a factory reset for life <laughs> to just kind of clear the, the muck away. Like I was saying earlier and reset and story work is a huge part of that each of these little breadcrumbs on this journey to deeper awareness are so important in their own way because they peel a layer that allows you to see the next layer that needs to be peeled yeah it, it really is I, I tell people all the time that story work is not shallow it is it's not definitely deep, deep work and you can approach it in the beginning uh, from a shallow standpoint, but if you actually dig in, you just said it, you'll peel back a layer that reveals something else that you can't unsee once you see it, and then you, you must go there. And when you go there, guess what? A whole another layer comes off again, and then you now know more that you can't unsee and that you can't ignore. And it does take you on this really beautiful journey that um, allows you to go deeper with yourself. You said that one of the things is that you, you really learn to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not about, oh, I love that I have blonde hair or that I, you know, I can run fast or whatever it may be. I would love to hear some of the things that you love about yourself and that you truly appreciate. Yeah, I just love, I love myself for who I am, not what I've done or what I can do or anything associated mm -hmm. with a title or any of that, you know. I one of the most powerful exercises that I did on my journey was a video journal where I would literally do journals to myself via just my iPhone. I'd record them and I'd watch them back. And I, I mean, I'm getting tears in my eyes now talking about it. I saw myself as a human, honestly, I think for the first time. Mm -hmm. I just, I saw the sadness in my eyes at the time. I saw myself mm -hmm. just craving 
unconditional support and love, I just saw myself as the human I was, not this superwoman I had taken the role on of on, you know? And so it, um, I just love, I love my strength. I love my curiosity. And I, strength for me is very different now. Strength used to be the 80 hours a week I was working and everything I've built and done. Strength now is being human. Strength is being vulnerable. I love that I am, I'm, I'm so proud of how I show up as a human um, and the relationship I have with my emotions and my loyalty and my love for my family. Like just these core parts of who I am um, and regardless of those there's this deeper just I am which gets a little bit of existential but when I think about who I am I don't even use descriptives anymore I just I am and that that being and that person are who I'm you know in love with and I appreciate so much yeah that reminds me of a of a particular scripture in the bible actually and it's you know be still and know that I am God and there's this really cool exercise where you can say be still and know that I'm God, right? Be still and know. And then just, you basically get down to be still, uh, right? I love like, it. Like you strip it all the way down to just be still. Yeah, I love that. Um, and it's a great lesson for all of us. Um, you know, we can start with like, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I am amazing. Like I am abundant. I am resourceful. I am amazing. I am smart. I am kind. I am all of these things. And then we, again, start to just like, put importance on those things, right? Which is what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need that anymore. You don't have to have those titles. It doesn't have to be about what I've accomplished or, you know, strength being that you could work 80 hours a week or whatever. And so you strip all those things away and it's just, I am, I am, Yeah. I am here. It's just me, right? Similar to Oh that my gosh, it's still. so similar. I'd never heard that. And it's, it's, the exact thing because you start with these layers yeah you get more and, and more it, internal it, it goes deeper than that but it's like be still and know that i am god be still and know that i am be still and know and then it's just you drill it down all the way to be still yeah you know so you just keep stripping away the words until you just get to the be still uh i, I would love to be able to tell you what where that is in the bible but i'm i'm not good like that but i do know <laughs> that that's from the bible that's the verse in the bible um so I love that that simplicity of just I am and really learning to love the person who is just Ashley. And it, we, you don't have to even quantify it. Like, well, I love all these things about me, but it doesn't matter. I just love me, mm -hmm. right? That's exactly it, yeah. Great and then answer. it's that Great unconditional answer. love, which is so critical. And a lot of times mm -hmm. we give that to our loved ones. But if we think about the thoughts we're saying to ourselves every day and how we're feeling about ourselves, we're really hard on ourselves and I, I like to say a lot of times would you speak the way you speak to yourself to a parent or someone you love you know we need to remember that we're human and those things hurt us also you know and also when we live with something in shame when we don't own all parts of ourselves and our experience we carry shame and shame is telling ourselves that there's some unconditional love there like i love you other than this little part over here i don't love that you know so we're sending ourselves all of these unconscious um messages around i love you but or i love you if and it really takes a toll on us, even though we don't know that's what's taking the toll. We, we experience symptoms of it. And so it's very freeing to completely love yourself and own all parts of yourself. It's, it's the biggest freedom I've, I've ever experienced. 
Oh, it's so good. Um, just full unconditional love and acceptance. Yeah. And if you really think about it, right, as humans and and as even going back to when we're children, you know, like all we want is to know that the people around us, especially when we're little, like our parents or those that are in charge of us, we want to know that they that they're there, that they're there taking care of us, that they see us, that they love us. And then as we grow up, that's still, that basic need is still there. Mm. And as adults, I think we for, we overlook the fact that, and this is why I love storytelling so much, because I this is why I always encourage women to share their story, is because this is part of owning the story of just saying, you know, my story does matter. And when someone else will take the time to listen to that story, because storytelling is a two-way street. We have to be the teller, and then we have to have an audience that will listen, right? Then that is saying that you're right. Your story does matter, and I, I want to hear it. <clears throat> and now people are feeling seen and heard in that moment. Yeah. And a lot of times when we share our story, then other people can feel seen and heard because they see themselves in your story. I mean, I know already, you know, listeners of the show just in some of the things that you've described already, whether it's the stage that led you up to burnout or now this piece of like, I love this video exercise of recording yourself and seeing the sadness in your own eyes mm. and seeing the areas of your life where you were feeling broken. And you could see those visibly, you know, in the video that you began to see yourself as a human and that you began to see yourself and recognize. And so that made you feel seen and heard just in that singular exercise, doing it with yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so powerful. So true. It's so, so powerful. And what's great about it is we're craving all of these things. Our consciousness, our true self, whatever yeah. you want to call it, is always trying to get our attention, is always trying to kind of reset us in this way. It, we're just so crowded internally that it, it's hard for it to get through so yeah I mean it's so important to just listen to ourselves and just just treat ourselves like a human if you think about it we're always looking externally even the way our eyes are in our face they're looking externally and so it's very rare that we just pause and check in with ourselves what am I feeling right now what what am I needing from myself right now how can I support myself we ask countless times how we can support the people we love how many times do you mm -hmm. ask yourself how can I support myself? And these are all things I learned on this journey. And I was blown away by how much I had been disregarding myself as a human, you know? And, and like you said, when you share the story, when you share your story, it's so impactful because you also are giving this unconscious permission to people. They see you speaking about your story. They see you owning all parts of you. They see you owning your power through owning that story. Mm -hmm. And they feel this mm -hmm. permission to do the same thing. And so it's a very powerful ripple effect that comes from story work or any sort of inner work. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And it is, I love the piece of the permission giving, you know, and I think about that. I have this exercise that I do for myself and I, and I share often, and I don't know if I've ever recorded a podcast episode on it. I probably should, but it's basically, I call it the flashlight. You know, I just turn my flashlight on. And my flashlight, I'm going to give the very abbreviated version of what it is, but the flashlight is just an image of me holding, you know, like I am the flashlight. And then I, if my light is on, right, then my light is illuminating out for other people. So I always think about who are the, the people, who are the people that are out there that need this light? 
right? So it's kind of like the audience, the who, the uh, you know, your whatever it is. I call it the who, like who am I shining for? And understanding that the light is for them, like you know. And so, if you're a heart-centered, service-based, you know, typical woman who loves to nurture everyone else, right? And we forget to nurture ourselves. This will really help because. Okay, then nurture them by shining your light. I love it. Shining your light. So on the days where, you know, it might be like, oh, I, ugh, it feels a little scary to go do that thing. Or I don't know if I, like, I'm, I'm really feeling the, I can share on getting on social media or share my story here or do that podcast recording or whatever, or like just have that conversation with someone and share with them my heart. Like that feels really scary and vulnerable and all the things. And I don't have time for that. Right. Then you're forgetting that light part, like shining the light for them. And then when you do that, guess what? It's like, it almost charges your internal batteries it's almost like the light is reverberated back inside the flashlight that then helps you get going again. And so it's a, it, it is the focus can be on other people shining the light, putting the flashlight on. And so I just keep that as a mental inner uh, image for me, you know, to go, to go do the things on the days when maybe, you know, it feels a little uncomfortable. Now that's, I also give myself permission talking about space and rest, there's also days where I don't do it because I know that I actually can't properly turn the light on, right? And so it would be a disservice to try to go just pour in from that empty cup that I might be experiencing. So those are two different things for sure. But when, you, when you're well fed and you're taken care of, you can easily keep that light on for a long time. That's so true. Right? I, you can easily share that light. Yeah, and I love that example. And, you know, and like you said, when you're shining the light on them, you're shining the light on you. I mean, we really are. Again, it's a little existential, but we really are all one. And so it just it just kind of, it sounds recentering to me, which I really appreciate. And you're so right. I mean, it, it's this age-old thing, but on an airplane, they tell you to put your mask on first for a reason. And it really is so true so often in life. We are just, we don't even know where our mask is, let alone are we wearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just giving and burning our candle at both ends and, and running and we have to refuel ourselves. And what I love to remind people in this work, in your work, when you take the moments to pause and do this deeper work, you are fueling yourself. You're giving yeah. yourself energy. You're creating this internal energetic power by going deeper with yourself that is you know, much better of a fuel than something like caffeine when we're trying to run and, and not listening to how tired we are or how worn down we are. Do you have certain practices that help you do that? Like to ground you, to get back to center? Do you, is it like meditation? Is it journaling? Is it walking in nature? Is it putting your feet in the grass? Is it sleeping, you know, nine hours a day. I mean, I'm curious, like what has worked for you yeah. to really keep you on this path of, 
And like you said, there are days that maybe get a little wiggy, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. They definitely are. We're, because you have tools in place, exactly. you know, that you can come back quickly. And the awareness. So what are some of the things for you? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to step in. The awareness to see it also, right? Now when I experience mm-hmm. challenging times or I move into what we call a process and in inner work where you're, you're going deeper and you're doing some shedding and healing, you're experiencing it, but you're also watching it. So you're like, okay, I know this sucks right now, but I know what's coming after. And, you know, it's a different, you're, you're kind of grounded while you're in a challenging moment. Um, yeah. For me, I have this this balance that I really love where my morning routine is very structured, but structured because I love it. And then the rest of the time, sometimes it's going to the park. I live in New York City, so it's going to the park and getting some nature and putting my feet in the grass. I love being by water. So the rest varies based on how I'm feeling. But in the morning, I wake up and I, I meditate first thing, brush my teeth and meditate. I think it's so important to create that space for ourselves. And it can be easy to say, to let your head wake up until you don't need it. The longer you wait in the day has been my experience. So I meditate, I do some movement exercises to kind of get my body going. And then I work out and I have a nice relaxing breakfast. And then I dive into my day. So I wake up really early. My day starts around 5.45, 6, but I don't actually start my work schedule until 10 a.m. Because that first chunk of the day is all mine. And during breakfast, I might read some, I might watch a little TV. I just really give myself space in the morning and then I'm so excited to dive into the day that I do so much more in the day hours that I have because I've honored myself and started the day that way you know I have a very similar schedule I don't really do anything before anything professionally work related until 10 a.m in the mornings Um, and I even have some boundaries like around Fridays that I really am protective of my Fridays and it's often where you know I want to have time where I can go and have a coffee or I can meet a girlfriend for lunch and sometimes the weekdays are better to do that than the weekends because weekends are really full with my family so it's around just creating a schedule that works for you know for you right like for me for you and everyone's going to be a little bit different um for some people getting up early may mean like that allows them just get to the office on time and so if i have to look you know in the afternoon you have might have to craft that time for you so i don't think it matters when you do it the important thing is identifying that you're going to do it and committing to it and creating space that you're not giving to other people and uh one of the things that helps me is getting out and just taking a walk Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes I'll listen to something really like a podcast or something that it's, it's good, good mental stuff for my brain. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't take my phone and I, I just listen to the birds and, you know, I watch my dog, you know, sniff in the grass and just kind of take in those things. And I think that it is so important to have these, these uh, routines, if you will, or patterns Um, Sometimes I wake up early and I'll journal. Sometimes I wake up early and I don't journal, right? And it's okay. I'm just listening to whatever feels right for me that day. Sometimes I just love to just drink my coffee and enjoy it. You know, like, gosh, this coffee tastes so good and just appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. Yesterday, I woke up and I was really, and I kind of, the day before, I had kind of been spinning a little bit and I knew it. And I'm like, okay, then I'm getting up in the morning and I woke up extra early that morning because my brain was going, you know, it was really going because I had been spinning the day before, which was not a good place to be in. 
And so when I woke up at about an hour early than I normally do, I got up. I didn't wait to like, oh no, it's an hour. I'm going to keep sleeping. Nope. I got up and I pulled out my journal and I said, it's all about gratitude. And I filled up two full eight and a half by 11 page, you know, like not small journal, big journal, uh, two pages full of items of gratitude, you know, and boy, I closed that journal and I was like ready to go for the day, you know, and that's all I needed. That's all it took. It did. It just doesn't take much, but what it does take is intentionality and yes. awareness. Like you said, I love that. And listening Certainly. to yourself. Yeah. You're saying it exactly. Like it's what, what makes you feel better in that moment what gives you energy like what are you needing from yourself because I've I've fallen into that morning routine and I actually look forward to it I absolutely love it but yeah. different days who knows what it's going to be you know and it's just about like you said being intentional and being present and listening to yourself and creating that space like your walk or whatever it is just making sure you create space so that you can hear yourself I think mm -hmm. is really important because we get muted so much but yeah, it's just, again, it's choosing yourself, right? What's going to make me feel good today? And a lot of times we get running in our routines and with jobs and um, personal obligations, everything going on. We have to schedule ourselves in somewhere. It's really important. And when we do, we show up better for others. We show up better at our job. So there's this great byproduct that helps everyone, but we have to look out for ourselves. Yeah. Well, I know that you're working um, heavily with clients in this arena now, like, you know, being that transformational coach and guide, help them peel back their own layers and find out where do they need to create space in their life. Um, what is one of the biggest things that you're seeing people struggle with right now? I know that in, you know, kind of an amalgamation of all your clients, are there some themes that are coming up? Yeah, I think the biggest one is surrender. Um, you know, it's the one that I struggled the most with also the concept as we use it in modern society sounds like you're giving up and surrender and inner work could not be more of the opposite. Surrender is trusting that inner voice we've been talking about. It's, it's letting go of this ego control because to be honest, it, control is an illusion. We're never in control. Our head just tries to convince us we are. So it's about just letting go and letting the process move us a little bit as you move through inner work because you'll find resistance. When we're doing this work, we're creating awareness around how our ego is showing up. We're lessening its control. Our ego does not love that. So it, you know, it kicks and screams. It's not, it's not wanting this to happen. So it will show up with different forms of resistance and surrendering into that resistance and saying, what is this resistance trying to tell me? This is actually a great tool for me. So taking that approach to the work is, is how we honor ourselves in it, but it can also be really challenging when we're coming. I work with a lot of high performers and, um, even if you're not in that world, you're, you're in life, which is, I, I think high performance in itself. And so you're used to, we're all used to juggling a lot of things, controlling, navigating. And so the letting go piece, that helps you get to those deeper levels, I think is usually the most challenging for people, but also the most rewarding. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the head like, okay, that's me over here. And <laughs> it's like, all of us. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And I've, it's, I, it's one of the things that I've recognized the most. And, and, um, it is one that it is hard. It is a, it is a challenging one to like break down those walls. Um, and that desire and that need when you like you said it you said it perfectly it's just it's such a false thing it anyway because there's we're not really in control our our ego and our mind tricks us into believing that we can be yep 
but still the desire is there like that. Oh, oh it's you know, strong. That, Our ego is no joke. You know, so it's strong. strong. Yeah. <laughs> Very strong. Yeah. So that is definitely something that I am constantly working on. And I, I laugh about it now. I'm like, Oh, April, there you are doing that thing again. You know, that's great. Um, and I try to just like kind of, you know, just make light of it now because I know it's there. I'm very fully aware now that it's there and I see where it shows up in my life the most. Um, and so it's a good thing that I have awareness around it and I can, I can, you know, battle it much easier now, but it just doesn't go away. <laughs> it doesn't. And that was all the work. It doesn't, you know, and it's okay. I love what you said. Like I laugh about it. I have awareness around it. The key is just changing that relationship and dynamic. Our ego, yeah. we're human yeah. beings. Our ego exists as long as we're alive but what relationship do we yeah. want to have with it and how do we want it to protect us versus how it might be showing up trying to protect us that's holding us back so it is it's like oh, i see you i see you coming in i see what you're doing this isn't actually what i want anymore but yeah it's just it's removing the judgment is so key like i, I think one of the ways the ego tries to create Don't that yourself exactly more about it the ego right. creates this judgment trap where it's like you do something you're like oh why did i do that and then you're judging the judgment and that you know it just takes you in this kind of spiral cycle so it's doing exactly what you do well i see that you know it is what it is right now or whatever you want to do with it and then we move on yeah oh that's so good such a good conversation well where can people connect with you i know i i know where to find you but tell everybody where to find you um and what's the best like do you have a place that you want to send them or Anything like that that's, you know, particular? Yeah, definitely. So the best place to find me is on my website, which is ashleyreed.com with two E's. There's lots of us reads out there. Um, and then I'm active both on LinkedIn and Instagram, and both of those are Ashley Reed official. Okay. And we'll link those up in the show notes too, so you can Perfect. just open up the description wherever you're listening to this podcast, and you'll find it in the show notes with a hot link, and that makes it easy too. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us and sharing the story. I think that, like I said, I know that so many women will hear pieces of your story and see themselves in it. And it's encouraging to see what, like, what can be on the other side of some of the hustle and the grind and the hard work and the, and the, the potential that could lead to burnout versus finding true inner peace. And, and like you said, it's an ongoing work body of work right of keeping that peace but what's on the other side of it is beautiful and rewarding and even you like i i think about when we first met to like now seeing you there's just even a calmness to you there's a softerness to you you know mm, it's evident you. and then just like your physicality um so that's really beautiful to see thank, thank you so much for being that. with me today friend thank you so much for having yeah. me i loved it me too. Me too. If you guys enjoyed this episode, share it out with your networks. I'm sure there are so many people experiencing um, the trend of burnout right now and what it could look like on the other side. This might be the thing that they need and they might need Ashley in their life. So share this episode with them as well. Thank you so much for being here, being on the Inside Story podcast with us. We will be back next week with another episode. Until then, go out and remember to share your story. Turn on your flashlight and shine your light for other people. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. 
Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.